So we're starting a new series called Unstuck. Who's ready to walk in the next season unstuck? Let me hear from all the unstuck people in the house by faith. It's my heart that in this culmination of this series that we see people get unstuck from their past, their failures, their wrong thinking, their fears, their doubt, their addiction, uh, anything, the pressure of life, whatever it is that's tried to keep you stuck, this is your season. So we're coming from John chapter 1, you by live stream, you've, you've worshipped, you've praised, and you've given, we honor you. I want everybody in the room to join these in live stream, and I want you to share this. If you can, when you sit down, pull out your phone and share this, and let's just broadcast across the world that the gospel is being preached, and you can do it from your Facebook page. John chapter 5, verse 1, After this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool which is called in Hebrew Bethesda. Somebody say Bethesda. Having five porches. Somebody announce it, five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For the angel went down at a certain time. Now don't miss that, a certain time. Into the pool and stirred up the water. And then whoever stepped in first, not second, not third, but first, after the stirring, one translation said the troubling of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man, we see a certain time and a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, and knew that he already had been in that condition for a long time. Somebody say a long time. It don't matter if you've struggled a long time. It doesn't matter if your children have been lost a long time. Jesus can turn it around in a moment. Hallelujah. He said to him, do you want to be made well? The King James Version said, do you want to be made whole? The sick man answered him and said, Sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. King James Version said, When the water is troubled, but I am coming. But while I am coming, another steps down in front of me. And Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. Hallelujah. And that day was the Sabbath. I want you to note the seventh verse. It said, when the water was stirred up, the King James Version said, when the water was troubled. I want you to understand that trouble is a reality for everyone. You can't take an inoculation for trouble. You cannot live a life where trouble doesn't come. Trouble comes, but here's the good news. Even if it's been 38 years, if Jesus gets in the mix, trouble don't last always. Can I get a witness? But here's what I love. When Jesus came, he came to trouble what was troubling that man. And I don't want to, I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of a church that troubles the works of the enemy. I want to be a part of a church that troubles the agendas of hell. 
And I want you to know if you're sick today, if you're broken today, if the you're dealing with demonic oppression today I want that trouble to know that Jesus is coming and so I'm going to preach just a few, a few minutes along these lines here comes trouble who's ready for some trouble to trouble your trouble today can I get a witness slip up your hands precious if you want to get in this oil I'm going to teach you in. father today it's all about you thank you for the atmosphere that we feel but we make a pronouncement to everything that's been troubling us that there is a trouble coming to our trouble, and his name is Jesus Christ. Before you sit down, come on and give the Lord the ovation of the morning. Can you add a shout to that on Sunday morning? Before you sit down, tell your neighbor, here comes trouble. Here comes trouble. I want you to see the scene in your mind. Jesus comes into town here. And he shows up for one of the many feasts. And when he comes to town, precious, he comes to the pool called Bethesda. I've been there many times. And in the time of Christ, this was a place of incomprehensible, staggering need, trouble, and turmoil. But what I love about this is wonderful and worthy came to stranded and struggling. Jesus walks up right in the midst of all this struggle. And the Bible says, don't miss this, there was a feast. Now, we can feast about anywhere. You and I could go to Popeye's and have a feast. Honey, I could work Popeye's out. I don't get it much. But you get some of that chicken spicy with some dirty rice and a biscuit. Come on, somebody. The Bible said there was a feast. And this word feast, to us, it means a large meal. In our world, we can feast anytime and anywhere. But in the Jewish context, the feast is something altogether different. It's a holy day. It's a holiday. It's a celebration. And Jesus walks right up into this scene of a celebration. The, the city is full of joy. It's full of festivities. It's full of happiness. But the central character that Jesus comes to encounter ain't feasting, he's stuck. What do you do in life when everyone around you is feasting, progressing, and full of joy, but you are stuck? Can I talk to real people? Have you ever had time in your life where you looked at your neighbors and your friends and your family members and they were moving forward? It seemed like they were getting new jobs and better jobs. It seemed like their family was perfect. It seemed like everything was going wonderful and you are stuck. <laughs> you ain't never been married in the hoochie across the aisles, been married five times. Where y'all at? And you're sitting there saying, how can this be possible? Have you ever had seasons? Can, can I find some real people where you look at your life and you survey your situation and you say, I don't know why I'm stuck and everybody else is progressing. What do you do, precious, when you are stuck? Can I, can I really get down right down to it? When, when you're stuck... And you find yourself almost resenting the fact that everybody around you is moving forward. And you find yourself wanting to be happy for others. 
but you're looking at your own situation and you were stuck and I've said this for years, what do you do? See, you need to understand that God will never do for you what you secretly or publicly resent him doing for someone else. So in those moments, you don't criticize. In those moments, you don't get mad. In those moments, you say, God, I'm going to trust. I'm going to wait, and I'm going to rise. Hallelujah. How many of you believe that maybe there are some things that are stuck right now, but it ain't over till it's over? If that's you, give the Lord a praise right now. Now, precious, something caught my eye. Something was so significant that I read that it arrested my spirit. The Bible said in verse 2, now there was in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. Now when you transliterate or define the word Bethesda, Bethesda means house of mercy. Now, now this got in my spirit. I see two things here. Number one, there is a Bethesda. There is a house of mercy. But it's surrounded by five porches. So I see mercy there. But in the Bible, when you look at consistently the number five, it represents grace in the word. There are five offerings that were given in the temple. David slew Goliath with five stones. The first five books of the Bible are called the Pentateuch. Penta means five. So those first five books of the Bible where God initiates contact with man it's the Pentateuch the, the New Testament is, is Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and then Acts that's called the New Testament Pentateuch so we see again and again the number five representing grace so I see a house of mercy with porches of grace now if you know anything about what's going on at Calvary we have nine different campuses nine across America and we're getting ready to add number ten in the name of Jesus but here's the deal. There are five in Florida. There are five that we have started. Five that we have nurtured. Five that came out of our hearts. Five that we began from scratch. I call them the Florida Five. And five represents grace. And the Lord began to deal with me. He said, I've got you in Florida because there is grace on every campus. I've got you in Ormond Beach, in Orlando, in New Smyrna Beach, in Palm Coast, and in Panama City. Five campuses in Florida sharing the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I've come to understand that the answer for our community is not religion, it's not denominationalism, it's not just good works, but it's an encounter with the grace of God that can absolutely revolutionize somebody's life. But a Bethesda is a house of mercy. I wonder if there's anybody glad today that you came to a house of mercy. Okay, I got about, I got half of you. I said, how many of you are glad that you came to a house of mercy? But I'm not just interested in us being a house of mercy. I want us to have porches of grace. What is a porch? A porch is a place where you can enter in and you find a door at a porch. 
and you find a way to get into the house. And the Lord said, the people are the porches. The Lord said, you are the porches. That when you leave out of this church, you become a porch. You become an opportunity. You become a door. That's why you need to invite people to come to this church. You become a porch. You become a door. When you walk out and you tell that struggling one, there's a place where you can be redeemed. There's a place where you can find mercy. There's a place where you can be delivered. I want to serve every demon and every devil and every agenda of hell notice that at Calvary we are building houses of mercy with porches of grace. I only want the people who are here today because of the grace of God. Give him some glory right now. Now, watch this. We want to build churches that make it easy for folks to come no matter what their baggage is. No matter what their struggle is, no matter what their issues are, I want you to become a porch when you leave here. And I want people to be invited to a house of mercy. Certainly this pool was a place of physical pain. And we know that Jesus came to heal sick body. What it also represents to me is humanity's struggle. These people were stuck. And what I love about Jesus is that he chose to come into a town and to a place where he knew there was the greatest need. He's attracted to the place that everyone else avoided. He was drawn to their need. It was their need that got him to him. That's good news because one of the things I love most about the Lord, he's not repulsed by our need. He's not turned off by our trouble and our struggle. I'm telling you, a church is in trouble when it, it, it's turned off by the lost, turned off by the bound, turned off by the stuck and the needy. It blows my mind that it is my sin that attracts my Savior. It is my sickness that attracts my healer. It is my struggle that draws him to me. It's like me with my children, even though they're grown now. My youngest is 17. If they have a need, if they struggle, it draws me to them. We have a religious mindset of so often in the world that we have to be good enough to experience the miracle power of God. But I'm glad to tell you today that your struggle will draw you right to him. I'm glad to tell every addict that he'll come to you in a crack house. He'll meet you in a bar. He'll meet you at the bottom. He'll come to where you are. Anybody glad that the struggle doesn't turn Jesus off, it actually turns him on. The Bible said that Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude. And he's moved, precious, with compassion towards them and he healed their sick. Now what I want you to see is this. It said he's moved with compassion. The word compassion is actually two words. It's calm and passion. The prefix calm means with, and passion means a strong and barely controllable emotion. He saw people in their struggle and he felt for them. He cared for them. I want every young preacher to listen to me today. Crowds didn't move Jesus. Money didn't move Jesus. Applause didn't move Jesus. Accolades didn't move Jesus. Compassion moved Jesus. The lost moved Jesus. 
I'm afraid that we've got preachers now that are so concerned with hearing the applause in the church that they are deaf to the applause of heaven. And I've come to understand that what always makes people applaud doesn't make heaven applaud. And what often excites the church and people sitting in the pews doesn't excite heaven. But I'm glad to tell you that you're in a church this morning where we are determined to reach out and touch the struggling and those that need a miracle. They were stuck and it moved them, moved the Lord. Maybe you're here today and you're stuck. Your marriage feels stuck. You look at your children and they are stuck in sin. Maybe you feel stuck, but I've come to tell you, you are a candidate for Jesus to come right by and shift your season and change your situation. Now watch this. The Bible said in these lay a great multitude of impotent people, blind, lame, waiting, for the moving of the water. The word impotent there in the Greek, it means, it literally means this, it means that, that they were feeble, they were sick, they were poor, they were struggling, they had no power to change their situation, they are stuck. What do you do when you realize I can't fix this, I can't handle this, I can't shift this. I can't change this. I can't turn this around. I've tried everything I can to get this boy to hear reason, but he won't hear reason. I've tried everything I can to make this marriage work, but it ain't working. I've tried everything I can to progress in life. What can I do? I feel like I'm stuck. That's where they were. They had more than health issues. They had life issues. And there are people here today, and you're dealing with life issues. And the devil has tried to tell you that you can't have a breakthrough. But I have come with good news Jesus is passing by and anything is possible the Bible said that they were blind check this out it's a terrible thing to be so stuck that the enemy blinds you of your potential you ever been there you ever been there where you felt like God I can't get past this I can't get through this I can't survive this in fact, one translation said that they were there, they were blind, they were stuck, and watch this, they were withered and waiting, withered and waiting for the moving of the water. What do you do when it feels like life is drying up? What do you do when it feels like nothing is working and you're waiting? You want something to change. You're scorched. You're wasted. You're waiting. You're, they were hoping for a change that they themselves could never produce and I look at a world nowadays I look at young people I look at a generation that is withered and waiting I look at the lies that the enemy has perpetrated upon this generation lies of confusion lies of, 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 of gender confusion all the attacks that the enemy has brought against this generation and they are withered and they are waiting but I'm telling you if we can ever facilitate an atmosphere where Jesus can come in everything Everything will shift and everything will change. Come on, somebody. If you're ready to see God move and get people unstuck, give the Lord a praise in here right now. There's somebody in the room this morning. You've clapped. You've shouted. You've rejoiced. You've given. And you look good on the outside but you're still struggling. The Bible said, watch this now, 
For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now we've already established this was a pool of mercy. But watch this. There were prerequisites to that mercy. There were preconditions in place to experience that mercy. And according to verse 4, there was a certain time. And then verse 5, there was a certain man. A certain time, the angel would be dispatched and he would trouble the waters. And the Bible said a certain time and a certain man. That's what I see. A certain time and a certain man. An appointed time for an appointed man. There was only a predestined, pre-prescribed window of opportunity. This is powerful because in this story, timing is everything. Jesus comes on the scene, not only addressing the timing, but also addressing the man. This man didn't realize that he was stepping into perfect timing with his imperfect situation, with a perfect savior and healer who was going to change everything in his world. This certain man had an appointment with destiny. He was destined to get unstuck. And there are some of you, you feel like you've been stuck in a season, stuck in a problem, stuck in a struggle, stuck in a dilemma. But God brought me here to tell you, don't miss your appointment. You're about to get unstuck. It was a certain season. It was an appointed time. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but there are some people about to step out of a stuck season and into a delivered season. Are you ready? You have an appointment. Tell everybody in your neighborhood, I have an appointment. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have an appointment. Can I speak in faith? Some of your children are, are lost and stuck in sin. But it's just a matter of time. They have an appointment. Tell somebody I have an appointment. And I'm telling you, you're going to make it through the process and victory is going to be yours. Do you remember in, in 1 Samuel, I think it was 15, David received an anointing with a hen of the anointing oil? That's nine quarts. He stood there and the prophet anointed him in this season for the next season. He stood there and they, the prophet poured nine quarts over him. How many of you know David just didn't get an oil change? He got an oil change and a lube job. But here's the deal. He got the anointment in chapter 15. But he had an appointment in chapter 16. Because when he walked out with that anointing, the very next thing he did was encounter a giant. But before he ever got on the battlefield, he already had everything he needed. He got the anointment before the appointment. I dare somebody right now who feels like you're anointed for the next season to get unstuck. Give God a praise. And now, don't miss your appointment. The Bible said, for the angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred the water and whoever was first, somebody say first. First here is a very powerful word. It speaks of first in time, 
first in place, best of chief. In other words, religion and tradition told this man, you can only experience mercy if you measure up. You can only experience a miracle if you're first, best, if you perform right. It's mercy based on performance. I, I don't know about you, but I am so glad that the mercy I walk in today, I never had to perform for it. Y'all don't even know where I was and what I was when I was 20 years old. I was in a mess. It was a Friday night. I don't remember who preached. I don't remember what they preached. I, it doesn't seem possible that I could have made that big of a mess in my life in those few years. But I was an absolute mess. And I remember that night I came and I didn't bargain with the Lord. I told the Lord I'll never preach. I'll never be a minister I'm gonna make money and Lord I, maybe I'll live for you a little bit later on but I'll never preach but that night when I came down to those altars that altar in the inner city of Jacksonville Florida I said God I'm unworthy I am in a mess I was at a crossroads I can't even tell you where I was it could have shifted my whole life I was weeping I was crying it looked like my life was over but I said God if you will save me if you will free me I'll do whatever you want me to do I'm not negotiating with you and baby he came right down into my mess he came right down listen mercy found me I dare you right now if you're glad you never had to perform for mercy just stop and give God praise come on we're trying to tell people they got to be good enough to be saved but let me tell you something get ready Calvary We've always been a hospital for the sinners. But you're going to see some things in these last days. You're going to see some people coming in. They ain't going to look right. You're going to see some people jacked up, messed up. Come on. How many of y'all know it's not like it used to be? I mean, you got kids, they, they tattooing everything. I don't care how tattooed you are. I, I don't care. I don't care if you're bound sexually. And I got three people who are here. They, they got, you got these guys piercing everything. They piercing here. They piercing here. I don't know about y'all. I'm going out with the same number of holes I came in with. That's just me. You can pierce whatever you want to pierce. But what I'm trying to tell you is this. I don't care if you're tattooed. I don't care if you're bound. I don't care if you were in a crack house last night. I don't care if you're a drug addict. I don't care if you're homosexual. I don't care if you're a cross-dresser. You walked in a place where you don't have to perform for mercy, baby. You, you walked into a place. Tell somebody in your neighborhood, this is a Bethesda right here. Oh, you sit out there and be cute. You wouldn't have made it if you had to dot every I and cross every T. But there's some of us who are in here and we know we made it because of mercy. Oh, they see you in church now. You got your wig on. You know when to stand up? Come on. You know when to sit down? You know when to say amen? 
Amen. Told you. You know how to behave, but they don't know the pit you came out of. They don't know how far you come. They don't know that you are you were most likely not to succeed, most likely not to be saved. I need somebody right now who's grateful that mercy came and rewrote your whole story when you didn't even deserve it. Baby, if you deserve it, it ain't mercy. If you got it coming, it's not mercy. And the Bible says in Ephesians 2, 4, but God who is rich in mercy. In other words, he's loaded. He's got more than enough. God enables us to get unstuck and move forward beyond our struggles and our past and our problems and our limitations. Not because we deserve it, but because of his great mercy. Let's roll on with the story. When Jesus saw him lying there, and he knew that he had already been there in that condition, watch this, a long time. Somebody say a long time. He said to him, do you want to be made well? Jesus doesn't devalue him. He looks at his condition and said, do you want to be made well? One translation says, whole religion will attach requirements to you. But Jesus said, do you want to be made whole? He saw the man lying there in his desperate need. And I love the fact, y'all, that it's Jesus who initiated the relationship. It's Jesus who pursued him. This man, according to the Bible, according to the story, didn't even know who to give credit to. When the Pharisees asked him who healed him, he said, I don't even know. He didn't even know Jesus in that way. But Jesus came to him and healed him and freed him, and he still does that today. And the Bible said when Jesus saw him, he knew he had already been in that condition a long time. That means he perceived it. He understood it. He knew where the man was. He knew why the man was where he was. He knew not only was the man stuck, he knew why he was stuck. He understood the man's pain. He understood the man's problems. He understood the man's issues the sin, the struggle, the the confusion, the sickness and he knew that he had been that way a long time what do you do when you feel like you've been fighting the same battle a long time can I find the non-religious people here who's ever fought something for a long time somebody make a little noise if you know what it is to be in a battle for a long time I've been in this struggle, Apostle, a long time. I've been fighting for my children a long time. I've been believing for a breakthrough. Can I find somebody who knows what I'm talking about? Have you ever been praying for years? Some of you have been praying for decades. Some of you have been praying and believing for decades and you're still, you're not seeing what you want to see and it's been a long time. But baby, when God sets up an appointment, when God gets ready to change a thing, it don't matter how long it's been. It had been three decades and eight years. It had been 38 years, but Jesus walked in and he turned that thing on a dime. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I prophesy in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that God's about to move into somebody's situation and he's about to turn something you've been wrestling with for a long time. 
I'm telling you, your children have been lost a long time. Your struggle has lasted a long time. But I dare you to give God praise if you know that God. Can change it in a moment. No matter how long it's been. That man had no understanding about how things were about to shift in his life. Now watch this. Jesus gives this man an opportunity. But here's the key. He had to own the moment. He had to seize the moment. Jesus said to him, do you want to be made whole? Do you? In the part of that sentence is very powerful. It literally means, do you desire it? Are you determined? In other words, are you ready? I need you to ask everybody in your neighborhood, are you ready? Push them again, say, wake up, say, are you ready? Are you ready to see your children saved? Are you ready to see your finances turned? Are you ready for hell robbing revival? Are you ready for the thing to finally be closed up? Are you ready? Jesus is walking in here and he says, are you ready? I want all the people that are ready to get unstuck to open your mouth and praise God like you believe the way maker. Come on now. I said, I want you to praise him like you believe the way maker is gonna make a way right in your trouble. Now, Jesus walked up to him and he said, do you want to be made, don't miss this, whole. That's what the King James Version said. Now, other translations say well, but a more accurate translation is whole. And when somebody is made whole, it means they get back what they lost. Not only does the attack cease, Everything the attack cost them has to be restored. Y'all, I got to leave here in just a few minutes and go to NSB. But I feel like there's a spirit of restoration about to hit this house. The devil will rule the day that he ever messed with your family. He'll rule the day that he ever touched your children. He'll rule the day that he ever tried to block you or cause you to be stuck. Hey, hallelujah. Jesus said, do you want to be made whole? Do you remember in the story of the ten lepers? One, all the lepers were healed. But the one leper came back. And the difference between him and the other nine lepers was he was made whole. The issue with leprosy is that it eats at the body. The way sin eats at the soul. And pieces of you fall off. Your ear falls off. Your nose will fall off. Your finger will fall off. You lose yourself. You lose pieces of yourself. When you have leprosy. But the man said, I got to come back and thank him. And Jesus said, for thanking me, I'm not just going to make you well. I'm going to make you whole. And everything that you went through, everything that it took from you, I'm about to give it back to you. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning. 
but in the name of Jesus, everything that season cost you, everything that was taken from you, God said, I'm about to make you whole. I'm about to make your family whole. I'm about, I'm about to make your future whole. Somebody who's ready for the Lord to make it all whole, give him a praise right now. Get your neighbor and say, neighbor, you can sit there if you want to, but give me a little time. I need to praise the Lord. It's restoration season. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. It was like, it was like Jesus said, Man, I'm about to shift your whole world and you don't even know it. I'm about to shift. I'm about to shift your whole world and you don't even know it. it I need, I, y'all, I got to finish this teaching. But I hear the Holy Ghost say to me, tell these people in this room, I'm about to shift their whole world. And if they knew it, they would break their neck trying to give me gold. Y'all sit down, sit down. Watch this. So, so Jesus, he asked the right question, but the guy responds with the wrong answer. Jesus said, do you want to be made whole? Some of us that are a little bit more sarcastic would have looked at the Lord and said, what do you think? But here's the problem. The sick man, the Bible said, looked at him and said, Sir, I have no man to put me in the water when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps in front of me, before me. Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't look at him and said, Man, bump you. I didn't ask you that. No, Jesus looked at him and I'm sure Jesus thought, Son, you don't know. Who's standing here in front of you? Well, Lord, you know, I, I, I don't have nobody. When the water gets stirred and the angel comes, stirs the water, I don't have a man. I don't have anybody to push me in. Jesus probably looked at him and thought, bro, you don't even know who's in front of you. I'm the one who made the water. I'm the one who made the angel that stirs the water. I'm the one that dispatches the angel. You know, I'm, I'm the one who made the one that stirs the water, and now I'm about to stir you up. I dare somebody right now who knows it all. You know the one who knows it all. Give him praise right now. And Jesus said, Jesus looked at the man, and he said, Arise, take up your bed, and walk. And then Jesus said, go check into the nursing home and get you some therapy and they can teach you how to walk. Get you some physical therapy because you ain't walked in 38 years. You can strengthen your muscles in that physical therapy. No, Jesus said, and immediately, not later on, the man was made whole, took up his bed and walked. 
I've come to tell you, get ready. Some of you are gonna start carrying what you used to lay in. Some of you are gonna find strength and the thing that you used to waller in, you're gonna carry it. I'm not saying that it didn't happen. I'm not saying you weren't abused. I'm not saying you didn't struggle. I'm not saying you weren't done wrong, but you've been in a place where you wallowed in it. But God said you're gonna pick it up healthy and you're gonna walk and carry it like it's nothing. I dare somebody who's ready, give the Lord a praise right now. Look at somebody and say, hey neighbor, this is my season. I'm getting unstuck. Give God a shout of praise. Now, can I go just one step further? He had to be willing. Even though he answered a right question with a wrong reply. He had to move in faith. And not only did his condition change, his company changed. He said, I can't stay here anymore. And when you make up in your mind that you are going to rise, there are going to be people in the cheap seats who will tell you what are you doing, why are you trying to leave, why are you trying to rise up. But I want to tell you, through the power of Christ, this man picked up and carried what he had been stuck in. But here's the news flash. At some point, you're going to have to choose to walk away from people who fit your history and not your destiny. Y'all, I got to finish. But I have made up in my mind. I'm not going to lessen myself. I'm not going to dump myself down. I'm not going to walk in less than God called me to walk in. Because I'm trying to hang out with you. I declare that in the next season, God is about to bring people into your life. who fit where you're going. Somebody give God praise. He said this, I have no man. See, see, we got it all figured out, don't we, son? Oh, it's going to be cute. When God delivers me, oh, it's going to be nice, neat, and tidy. The angels are going to sing, oh, We'll hear the fluttering of their wings. A light will come down from heaven. No, baby, he might put you in the fiery furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He might put you in the light. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. He might tell you, name and go dip in a dirty river seven times. He might take you through a process, but let me tell you this. I don't care how deliverance comes. I, it doesn't have to be cute. It doesn't have to be nice, but I can't be stuck not one more day. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, whatever God got is taking you through, he's got to take you through what he's taking you through to get you where he promised that you would be. And you got to stop holding on to things. You got to stop holding on to people who don't even like you. 
That means that, that you love them, but you say, you know what? I'm not attaching myself to trying to earn your approval. I'm moving forward. Now, he said, he said, I have no one to push me in the water when the water is troubled. Now, the word troubled there, it's a very powerful word. It means to agitate, to stir, to make restless, to contend with, and to move. So here the man is. He's been laying in his trouble. And he said, I have nobody to push me in and get me in the water when the trouble comes. And, and when the water's troubled, and Jesus probably looked at the man and said, you don't know that I'm about to trouble what's been troubling you. I'm about to deal with what's been dealing with you. I want every devil in Volusia County to understand something. I want every demonic stronghold over your house to understand something. I want every demon in this vicinity, I want every, every high thing to know that we are about to have trouble that's gonna trouble all the trouble that the enemy is trying to bring against us. Get one neighbor by the hand and say, hey neighbor, Here's what I know. You may think you're in trouble, but in Jesus' name, the devil is in trouble. Hallelujah, that cancer is in trouble. That rebellion is in trouble. That religious spirit is in trouble. The Lord is going to trouble the things that have been troubling you. If you believe it, jump up and give God a praise right now. I said give God a praise right now. I said give God a praise right now. Hallelujah. Tell every attack of the enemy, here comes trouble. Tell every devil, here comes trouble. Tell every demon, here comes trouble. Tell every addiction, here comes trouble. Tell every spirit of divorce, here comes trouble. Tell every sexually confused spirit, here comes trouble. I declare, slip up your hands, over every situation and circumstance in your life that has you stuck, that Jesus is coming to trouble your trouble. He said in Isaiah 49, 25, for I will contend with him who contends with you. Watch this. And he said, and I will save your children. Hold up your hands. Hold up your hands. I declare generational breakthroughs in your life. I said I declare generational breakthroughs in your life. I was preaching out on the west coast. I won't embarrass any of my children. I usually don't talk about my kids, but I was preaching on the west coast and God had been so good. He had opened the door for me to preach at Angelis Temple, and then uh, I was preaching in Costa Mesa and had a mighty night of revival. And so I was able to use some of my miles and cash them in, and I took my three kids on that trip with me. Is that all right? Is that okay? And we were walking through the mall because you know if there's a mall around, 
You know the song, Take Me to the King? Don't sing it to the tune of Take Me to the Mall. I'm walking through there and I'm thinking about the fact I, I never lived in a house that my family owned. We, we never had anything when I was growing up. My first car cost $100. I didn't have gas to put in it. I had no money. I tried to get, I, I'm the one who bought 43 cent worth of gas. Come on. I had nothing. We came to Calvary and had nothing. And I'm walking through on the West Coast, I'm walking through that, that outdoor mall. And I start thinking about the goodness of the Lord and how far he brought me. And I'm walking around, all them California people, and I'm just walking there going, head up by shoulder, up by shamba, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. And I'm just having my own self a worship service. I, listen, California's weird anyway, so I figured <laughs> I fit right in. And Peyton taps me on the shoulder. And I just said, Pate, I said, I just never thought in my whole life that I would ever be where I am today. I was so stuck. I never thought that I would be where I am today. And he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, Dad, you know what? I said, what, buddy? He said, now it's generational. I need somebody who's ready to unlock a season, not just for you, but for your children. I need somebody who's ready to unlock a season and say, baby, this is generational. My children won't be stuck the way I was stuck. People have to be able to go through what I've gone through. I feel miracles across this room. Maybe you're here and you're stuck in sin. You're stuck in problems. I want Pastor Josh to come. And he's going to minister. Everybody give Pastor Josh a God bless you. Come on. Nobody move. I want everybody who believes that you can be unstuck. And that God's going to move quickly in this next season for you. If you feel like you've got an appointment with a breakthrough. One, two, three. Give God a shout of praise. Come on. Come on all across this room. Slip up your hands. Come on. The day is not over. We're just getting started for just a few minutes. Listen, I, I, I want to just pick up right where Apostle left off because I feel ministry in this room. Anybody feel what I feel? Wave at me, wave at me, wave at me. I said, wave at me, wait, something is happening. Something is shifting, something is changing. Here it is, I want you to hear me by the Spirit of God. This is the overarching principle of this text. That, hear me, nothing changes in this text as long as everything else stays still. The water is still, nothing changes. The people on the porches are still and nothing changes. The only way things begin to shift in this text is when what is still starts to move. Y'all miss what I just said. So somebody in this room, God is trying to teach you today that the only reason it's not shifting is because you haven't moved yet by faith. 
you haven't stepped outside of your comfort and your same old same old but i hear the lord saying today come on somebody i feel this thing about to break in this room that if you'll start moving god is about to start moving on your behalf Here's what the Lord wants to do. If you're in this room today and you say, Pastor Josh, I've got something. Yeah, keep coming. I already see you. If you've got something in your life, you say, God, I need to get unstuck. On the count of three, I want you to get out of your seat and move. Yeah, move. Are you ready? Oh, there's the anointing. One, hallelujah. Two, yeah, I see you in the balcony. I see you in the back. Three, get to this altar. Get to this altar. I hear the Lord saying, when you move, I'll move just like that. When you move, I'll move just like that. Come on, get out of your seat. If you're stuck in your mind, if you're stuck in your body, if you're stuck in your family, if your children are stuck, if you stay still, nothing changes. But the Lord said in this text, when it moves, I move. Come on, I'm going to give you 10 seconds. I don't know who I'm talking to. But there's some desperate people who have been stuck for a long time. And I hear God saying, step number one to a breakthrough. Step number one, move, move, move. Let the enemy know you're not going to stay there another day, another moment, another hour. Get out of your seat and come. you got 10 seconds. I don't know who I'm waiting on. But God said, move, 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 move. The, the devil's losing his grip right now. The enemy's losing his grip right now. Disease are losing their grip right now. Somebody is moving uh, into position for a breakthrough. I want, I want our prayer team to get ready. I want our staff to get ready. Watch this. Hear me. Come on, don't, don't, don't just spectate. Slip up your hands. I feel something in this room. I, you know what? Can I just be real without sounding crazy? I just felt like angels were dispatched in this room. I, I just feel like there's some angels hovering above the atmosphere. The enemy has done his best to keep you still while God has been calling you to move. He has brought every lie. He has brought every condemnation against you not to respond to God. But God says, change is just about to happen in your life. Wherever you need God to get you unstuck, whether it's in your body, put your hand there. Whether it's in your mind, put your hand there. And I'm telling you, there's about to be a release. There's about to be a release. There's about to be a release. I said, there's about to be a release. Addictions are about to be broken. Come on, somebody. Come on, stuff in your mind is about to be broken. On the count of three, there is about to be a release. I even, I'm telling you, I can't get away from this angelic host. I feel like it, we're not just going to be the one laying hands. I feel like there's some angels reinforcing us today. How many are ready for this kind of touch? Are you ready? We're going to lay hands. We're going to sing. And God's going to move for just a moment. Every person in this room, don't leave yet. God's speaking. God's moving. The, trouble, the waters are being troubled and stirred. All across this room, here it comes. On the count of three. Come on, prayer team, are you ready? Are you ready? Praise and worship team, are you ready? Come on, in this atmosphere, anything is possible. One, hallelujah. Two, hallelujah. 
three come on begin to lay your hands right there all across this room and begin to worship come on worship team come on worship team come on worship come on worship team lay your hands on them come lay your hands on a prayer team go ahead go ahead go ahead go ahead go ahead go ahead i'm telling you the power of god is here Yes, you are God.
is shifting. Come on, it's shifting. How would you praise God? How would you worship if you knew that today was the day? How would you praise God if you knew that in this very moment your entire situation would change on a dime? Somebody worship in this room. I, w- I want to do something. That's breakthrough. Yeah, that's breakthrough. I want to do something. This man had not walked for 38 years. You heard Apostle reference it. And in one moment, he has to move in a way that he has not moved in a long time. And God said, some of you have not praised me and have not rejoiced in my presence like you've really wanted to in a long time. But the testimony comes when you do what you couldn't do in a previous season. But Pastor Josh, I'm believing for cancer. I'm believing for this issue and that issue. Let me tell you where all breakthrough starts. It starts by you doing something that you could not do in a previous season. And some of you, the enemy has held your worship down, your praise down. You have forgotten how to go all in for God. You've forgotten how to jump a little bit and dance a little bit. And the devil has told you that as long as you're in the condition, then you have to praise God a certain way. But today, we are just about to let hell know you've lost your grip on me we're about to let the enemy know you no longer control my life with your lies and this is what i want us to do for the next 60 seconds i want you to praise god like you've already got the breakthrough like you've already are you ready you've got 60 seconds to let the devil know you don't hold me no more but to let heaven know you've got my back and i believe one two three come on worship worship you got six somebody jump somebody dance somebody run somebody spin whatever you couldn't do god says if you'll do it if you'll do it Come on, you got 45 seconds. 45 seconds. Let praise. Let praise. Let praise arise. 30. I don't know who this is for, but 30 seconds. Woo! Shundable shot. 30 seconds. For your body. For your mind. For your children. 20. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I hear the Lord saying, you're moving, you're moving. It may be a step at a time, but you're closer. Come on, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Now, if you believe he's able, Somebody shout with a voice of shout. Oh, so 
as you believe it before we finish. Everybody in the room. watching the message. I'm sure this spoke to you. Here's what I want you to do. Why don't you subscribe to this YouTube channel? That way, every time there's a new message, you'll get to hear it. Also, many of you have watched this. Some of you watch on a regular basis. Why not take time? And so, you can give at calvaryfl.com. You can give on your phones, and you can be a part of helping us take this message around the world, the message of hope, the message of Jesus Christ. Can't wait to see you back here. We'll see.